0: Hello and welcome everyone to the 28th episode of the Pointy Hatcast. Last episode we covered Godzilla King of the Monsters. Not the best of the movies, but today we're going to be covering Shin Godzilla. It's released in 2016 in Japan. Barry, why don't you just take us away here? Let's get into it.
1: Um, I really like this film. It's certainly not perfect, but it is very interesting very japanese (laughs) yeah and the performances were okay i don't have a lot to compare it to but i feel like the japanese sensibility in general is to overact a little bit and by a little bit i mean a lot (laughs) sometimes which is okay it it works fine in the context of the film it works in anime yeah Hmm. this film and it's funny you mentioned that because i'm gonna drop a huge knowledge bomb on you in a minute (laughs) This film is kind of wonderful because it's about things. (laughs) Yes, yes. Where the original Godzilla was very much about post-war Japan, this is about post-war, post-Fukushima, post-tsunami Japan. And it's very much about how Japan dealt with the tsunami, how it dealt with Fukushima, like the government's incompetence leading to further complications and more problems, and just like the endless bureaucracy hurting more than helping and Mm -hmm. it it doesn't like it's very obvious but it's not preachy it's not you know holier than thou it's not condescending in any way which is which is nice uh it's just telling a story showing you like hey (laughs) like that opening sequence is so wonderful it opens with the first disaster and then, like, immediately launches into, like, 500 million meetings.
0: Yep. Oh, <laughs> she's it's like, so
1: good. <laughs> it's so great. They're like, they're like, oh, we need a meeting. And then, like, they're convening in this emergency, like, response center. And then, like, okay, the cabinet is meeting. Okay, we're meeting here. And then, like, yep. now we have to meet the prime minister. Another <laughs> and meeting, go yep. And then they meet the prime minister. And then they meet with him. And it's like, okay, now we meet, need to meet with the inter- cabinet, And they move to a different meeting room. You lose track. It's like, at this point, it's, is this the fourth or the fifth consecutive <laughs> meeting? And meanwhile, people are like, are, like, trapped in this underwater tunnel. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. They're
0: like, oh, we need we need a press release. Oh, we gotta have a meeting now. <laughs> well, we need a different meeting for
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just great. It's like, accurate, you know, though. It's very accurate. Yeah. And it's it's distressingly accurate. You like, Oh, we need a meeting for this. Need a meeting for this. And just like miles and miles of red tape and all this stuff. And meanwhile, like like actual Godzilla is just like thundering through Tokyo. Yep. And it's kind of great. Like that construction that overall construction and editing of the film. Like all these useless sync that have nothing valuable to add to the discussion except to slow it down and poke it down. <laughs> it's uh it's it's kind it's kind of great. It's kind of great. It is. And without going into too many more spoilers, like the overall presentation of Godzilla in this film is its a little bit, it's slightly different from classic, but it's much more that he's sort of this monolithic force rather than like a character. It's just like a force of nature. Yeah. All uh, responding to like the tsunami in Fukushima, like this terrible disaster rather than just the monster, like, like as an actual ongoing disaster that, has to be dealt with efficiently and then people are just like stumbling over themselves and unable to deal with it and just the consequences of that and i think that that makes it a much more interesting film than king of monsters <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah yeah how would you think sam
0: yeah i think this movie is great i think the reason why it has a lot of high praise amongst godzilla fans or just movie fans cinema fans in general is that First of all, I think this is probably one of the most realistic takes on how a country would respond to an actual Godzilla coming out. It's like, okay, uh, there's this thing. Like, we don't know what it is. They're like, oh my god, we gotta form these (laughs) committees. You gotta have all these meetings. And then you're like, okay, we gotta relocate people. We gotta bring supplies here and there. We gotta negotiate with other countries. Like, you got like America trying to get control over Godzilla, probably weaponize it, or the fact that, you know, hide any cover ups in case, you know, whoops, we accidentally caused the creation of this creature, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Uh, But like, uh, it's the most realistic approach I've seen to Godzilla. Not only that, when they're trying to find a way to stop Godzilla, I feel like that was also more realistic than, you know, like you mentioned before in the previous podcast, sending these high tech advanced fighters that can shoot things at a distance straight into Godzilla's face where he just wipes him instead their approach is like more scientific they're like studying Godzilla they're like okay how can we either immobilize or kill Godzilla and they're doing all this research and people are working together and I don't know I think it was one of the most realistic movies that I've seen for Godzilla not only that like that's the first layer the second layer there's some it's like a meeting behind all of this we'll get into that later but for me it was kind of like Evangelion if that gives you any hints it was directed by the same person who was in charge of Evangelion for me I like this movie a lot better than Evangelion if that's saying anything
1: so you did read that it was Ano. okay I wasn't sure if you realized this Hideaki Ano.
0: I noticed it after I watched it, and then uh, when I read that, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That makes so much sense. Do <laughs> like,
1: you notice how like it's pulling a lot of shots that he used in Evangelion? I didn't a notice the
0: shots, but I noticed the th- thematic elements.
1: There's a lot of framing that he reuses. Mm. It's very, very noticeable, especially when they're shooting Godzilla. That part where he's, like, bleeding and, like, the blood is just, like, pouring down the street. Uh, Oh, the red. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Remember that shot? That was definitely an Evangelion.
0: (laughs) Mm, I'm gonna have to rewatch Evangelion because it's been a while.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is. It's well done. It's very well done. It's kind of anime. The other, I think the assistant director or maybe the script supervisor is the project lead for Shingeki no Hyojin. really yeah (laughs) attack on titan so these are two great minds working, who are both worked on giant robots or giant monsters (laughs) coming together for this project so fantastic that's 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 a meeting of great minds that's why it really works
0: also i really like the humor in this movie it's very subtle but sometimes not so subtle like there's a scene where they're like oh there's no possible way that Godzilla can walk on land. And then there's another person who's like, a quirky specialist is like, oh, uh, Godzilla might evolve to walk on land. And then everyone's like, no, our experts say he can't walk on land. And then later, a second later, they're like, oh, my, Godzilla's on land. <laughs>
1: so- yeah, they're, they're like, it's all right. You can be rest assured. And even though this disaster is happening in the bay, there's no possible way it can make landfall. Yeah. And then somebody <laughs> immediately runs out on, onto the stage and is like, He's not like, landed. <laughs> he's, <Atlanta. like, laughs> he's like, oh. <laughs> like, oh you my went my off God. the script,
0: Prime Minister. You went off the script.
1: I also really like the design of Godzilla. I like that. Yeah. I like how fucking weird he looked at first. I wasn't sure what was happening initially. It, was, me too. it kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, is this a different monster? It's so derpy. Yeah. And I looked at it. I'm like, oh, he's so derpy. Look at yeah. his derpy eyes. He's so cute, kind of. <laughs> kind of cute he's just kind of like waddling around land the first act is all about their inability to deal with the changing nature of this threat and they had that opportunity that one opportunity to just blow it up while it wasn't 50 stories tall and they failed yeah (laughs) they blinked and then the the opportunity passed you can't completely hate the prime minister for it which i guess is part of the message because there were like civilians in the way yeah there were But you get the sense that his concern was mainly the optics of it, like, oh, I can't be the one who is known for, you know, killing civilians or whatever. That's so realistic as well. Yeah, it's very realistic. It's like, oh, he's just looking out for his own legacy, his own skin, instead of thinking about the bigger picture. And even any moral justification, that's not the reason why he did it. He just didn't want to be the guy allowing civilians to get blown up.
0: I don't know. This speaks volumes. It's kind of realistic, like government bureaucrats trying to save their own public image rather than actually help their uh, constituents, the, the people out there.
1: Yeah, it's a very Japanese thing. It's a criticism of that Japanese tendency to, to want to save face, to want to respect your elders no matter what respect the hierarchy yeah and so it's a little bit of that
0: yeah i want to interject here this is actually related to something that happened recently with the cruise ship there were some infected individuals with the coronavirus and so what japan did was they quarantined the entire ship and so like a disease specialist from one of the biggest hospitals went on board to see how things are going and it's a complete nightmare so what you're supposed to do is They're supposed to quarantine, cordon off the infected individuals and they call that a red zone where you're like, you know this area is infected and then you create a green zone which is like this area has no contamination. And then so when you're going from the red zone to the green zone, you don't cross contaminate. Like if you're wearing biohazard gear, you take that off in the red zone, keep all the contaminants in one side. And when he went on board, the bureaucrats were in charge and what happened was like everyone is just Walking everywhere, these people who are supposed to be handling these infected people are touching their phones while they have their biohazard suits on, and they're going to touch those phones later when they take it off, and it was a complete nightmare, and because of that mishandling, what happened was almost everyone on their cruise ship got infected. Oh, what a terrible thing. That's so pathetic. It is. It's like, Japan,
1: what are you doing? Yeah.
0: You could have release all of those non-affected people right away, you know, like... Oh, okay, anyways.
1: No, yeah, it's very topically relevant yeah. because the initial decision to keep them on the ship, while it may seem obvious, it's also potentially terrible. It is. Because I, I've been on several cruise ships, and you can discuss the ethics of the cruise ship industry in general, but I can tell you that the ship itself, the cabin you sleep in, is basically a glorified closet and you're very close quarters with a lot of people like understand the mathematics of it Mm -hmm. a cruise ship could have up to several thousand passengers which means several thousand crew and to manage them and to feed them means logistically you're mingling a lot of people all the time yeah and if the solution is to isolate people in their cabins that's a an entirely new and exciting challenge because those rooms are not meant to be stayed in long term. They are miserable to stay in. You're not really staying in your room. Like you sleep there or maybe you just sleep on deck. Honestly, I've done that before. (laughs) But you just like spend a little bit of time there and then just go out and about the ship. They're very small and claustrophobic. And if you're quarantined on a zombie disease ship for like weeks, it's the worst. It's an absolute nightmare. But I can imagine the reason why they decided to do that is that whoever, whatever bureaucrat was in charge did not want to be remembered as the person that allowed the coronavirus onto mainline Japan.
0: But that's basically what happened. Yeah. It's kind of relevant to the movie. It's like, what happened? Exactly the same thing. That's, it just reminded me of that.
1: It's just passing the buck, passing the buck, yep. passing the buck, and then just like thinking about the political repercussions and not thinking about the practical... The practicality mm-hmm. of the situation. And it's, it's pretty awful. It's the same thing it's just what happened in this Godzilla movie. Yep. <laughs> it's like thinking about the politics of it rather than what is actually happening. Which is a giant monster destroying Tokyo. I also really enjoyed the film because it's films. Uh, I think some of it's miniature. Some decent CGI and stuff like that. But it's a very faithful reconstruction of Tokyo. A lot of the movie takes place around Tokyo Station. Um, on the geography around there, Tokyo Station is, I think, the second largest station. Ooh, okay. In Tokyo, the largest one being Shinjuku. But importantly, it's the one that basically all of the traffic passes through. Like, if you're coming from Narita or Han- Haneda, you have to go... I think you have to go through Tokyo Station. Transfer? It's also right next to the Imperial Palace. Like, you come out of Tokyo Station, and the Imperial Palace is, like, there. That's cool. <laughs> Um. So Godzilla is just standing on the doorstep of the imperial palace, basically. Like I'm the king, the emperor, unlimited. <laughs> oh, unlimited. Yeah. It had, kind of has more impact to me, having been to some of those places, mm. seeing Godzilla like absolutely shred his way through. So I, I like that. I also liked how implacable Godzilla was.
0: It's like nothing stopping me.
1: Yeah, it's not like malice or evil. Yeah. It's just the force of nature. Yep. It's like,
0: <laughs> I think that's more relatable than a giant lizard having a personality.
1: Yeah. And then all of like, the rising violence is mostly reactionary, I think. Yeah. Before that, he was just kind of, he was literally just walking around. It's just incidental that he was destroying the largest metropolitan yep. area on Earth. <laughs> He's an absolute unit. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's like if you see an anthill, you know, you step on it by accident. It's not like you realize, oh, shoot, I just destroyed an entire city. It's more like, oh, and uh, you just pass out. You might not even notice where it adds to Godzilla. It makes sense.
1: Yeah. His reaction was they bombed him and then he's like, "Oh, that actually hurt. And they just start shooting rays yep. everywhere. And here's where I'm going to bring up this point again that I mentioned in Godzilla King of Monsters. This movie, made in Japan, manages to have a more reasonable portrayal of military action than fucking Godzilla King of Monsters. Yeah, because in this one, it's very planned, orchestrated, and like they're not flying straight at him. You know, with their helicopters, they maintain they're still pretty close, like they're in visual range, but they're not like flying in front of his face.
0: Yeah, and they have artillery as well too on yeah. the ground. Yeah.
1: They have artillery, like, over the horizon. They have, like, a defense line of tanks at their final defense perimeter. They have, like, support gunships. They have F-2 bombers like, above the clouds. It's like, yeah. Yeah, all these things. Yep. Th- that's pretty close to how it would go. It was also so Evangelion. Like, that whole scene. <laughs> it, was, it was exactly like when they deployed the military against the Angels mm. in Evangelion. And, like, are just cutting to, like tanks firing from like a mountain or like missile launchers and it just does nothing
0: i like what you brought up too because comparing this to godzilla King of the monsters where destruction was kind of limited and is more focusing on the monsters fighting each other this one has godzilla absolutely destroying the crap out of cities left and right buildings in slow-mo and they show like a family inside an apartment building they don't overdo it I don't know if it's lower budget or it's just not focusing on the human elements too much but like there's are in the apartment like oh we gotta get out and then you see them tilting over and like, oh like, no. no oh no you know what's happening no. and like it cuts back and then the entire apartment building goes down and like he's bringing in all these boats cause like he's coming in from the harbor oh this is what I wanted to see human elements add a lot because I mean we'll go over that later there's a reason why it it's there but like just the monster part where he's destroying things oh it was great They actually focus on it
1: even though this is just one city as opposed to the entire planet it felt so much more impactful yeah it Definitely. felt like all of the destruction has like weight because you're seeing like the civilian evacuation all these people getting displaced and like it's not so melodramatic oh no all of these people are dying and we- it's kind of a little bit dispassionate, but like very sad. You know? Yeah,
0: like you think about it, and you're like, that's absolutely terrifying if that happened in real life, because this is just akin to a natural disaster. You know, this happens every Earthquakes, floods, tsunamis, whatever it is, this is the same thing that happens, and that kind of aftermath of all the people displaced, they're just doing all the math of like, oh my god, we gotta bring all these people to a location, and like, support them, feed them, and have housing and all of that. Uh, That's kind of realistic. Like, you feel the weight of the damage, like you said, whereas in King of the Monsters, most of humanity is wiped out, but yet somehow it had no weight. It had
1: absolutely no weight. A lot of this footage, a lot of the shots, especially in the first act for Godzilla, are very, very heavily influenced by the tsunami. I don't recommend anybody do this, but I, I saw some footage of the tsunami as it was coming in, and there were people, like, in its path that failed oh to evacuate my. in time. And it was extremely distressing. You'd see, like, a couple just get swept away. Like, an old a couple, and then they're just gone. And, like, yeah. that leading edge of this tsunami is just this giant wave of garbage. It's, like, cars and boats and parts of buildings. And it looks exactly like when Godzilla's in this movie, like, pushing through the streets. Yeah. And That's exactly what it's supposed to visually parallel. I was like, oh man, I actually feel something.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you hit the nail on the head too. There's a really old documentary related to tsunamis and people don't know like the water coming in. It has a lot of force. There are like people that are standing in the way and I'm not talking about like the entire thing will sweep people away. It's just like up to your waist level and it would shred your clothes. That's how much force it has. So if people are like hanging out for dear life and their clothes are being shredded off, and yeah. if you don't hang on for dear life what happens is after you get swept inwards it pulls itself out back into the ocean. So even if you somehow survive and you're in the water, you're going to get pulled back into the ocean and then you're out like miles in and you're going to drown to death.
1: Yeah. It's absolutely distressing. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't understand the difference between a tsunami and a wave. Most people have, you know, probably been like on a beach or something. Yeah and, like, it had a wave hit them, I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, it's pleasant. Like, yeah, yeah that's not so bad. Why was... Tsunami's a big deal. A tsunami is when the entire level of the ocean raises. So if an eight-foot wave hits you, it kind of hurts because it's just, like, a little hump of water. An eight-foot tsunami is eight feet going a mile long. Yeah. It's just, like, a literal wall of water coming inland, and there's no stopping it.
0: Yeah, you can't stop
1: it. High ground is the only thing that stops it. That amount of water, the forces involved are absolutely inconceivable. There's no swimming through it. The best swimmer in the world will drown. It's absolutely devastating. It's very topical because this movie is definitely a reaction to the uh, tsunami of, was that 2012 now? I think it was 2012.
0: I, I don't remember, but yeah. It's the same thing. Godzilla is this unstoppable representation of nature. It's very real. You can't really fight against tsunamis. You can't fight against Godzilla.
1: I appreciate that because that's kind of what these movies always were. Like uh, the pity of disaster and like all these situations. And it came at a very topically appropriate time after the tsunami. And even though I feel like half the reason this movie got made is because they saw the American wall and they're like, Ugh. (laughs) We can do it better. (laughs) The budget for this film, I think, was about $20 million, by the way. Okay.
0: That's fairly low. It's low-ish.
1: It's not not terrible. Yeah, not terrible. uh, It's definitely lower there. It's about what a film typically gets budgeted in Japan. Mm. And yet, they do a much better job than (laughs) King of Monsters, which I think was very expensive to make.
0: I think it goes to show, like, how much understanding the core of the film and the characters and Godzilla and what it is that you want to do. Having a really strong script to go off of makes all the difference. Whereas, King of the Monsters, I think, I really don't know what they're doing. I think they had, like, ideas of, like, oh, let's have this fight scene where Godzilla goes Super Saiyan. Oh, let's have this fight scene where Mothra comes in. That
1: movie felt like it was made, like, 90% in a boardroom. Yeah. You know? Maybe. <laughs> it's like, hey, we need this, we need this, we need yeah, this. Yeah, exactly.
0: We need this. Checking off boxes.
1: Oh, I love I love this scene. Towards the end of Act One where the helicopters are asked permission to fire. Then it's like, Do we have permission to fire? And it bounces of their commander. Sir, do we have permission to fire? is bouncing up the chain of command.
0: Yeah, they're in the same room, <laughs> it's,
1: like, it's like 30 different cuts. Yeah. And then he gets to the conference room, and the general asks this woman, "He's like, do we have permission to fire?" And then she just turns around and asks the exact. It's like Galaxy Quest. It is Galaxy Quest. <laughs> you're just repeating the same thing. And you're like, oh my god, it's so true, and it works oh, so yeah. well on film. It works yeah. so visually well. It's so funny.
0: Like you know how absurd it is. Yeah, you know how real it is. Like, <laughs> it's like that cuts deep. Yeah, that cuts deep. <laughs> that cuts deep. Meanwhile, Godzilla's just there going like, I'm Godzilla. <laughs> oh,
1: it looks so goofy at first. Yeah. I kind of like it. I love I it. I kind of love it. Oh, it looks so gnarly at the end. There's radiation spilling. God, that, spoilers, that scene where oh, this shot is great. That's the rainbow bridge right there. Mm, okay. That little, that little loop is uh, the monorail which I rode. You ride that nice. onto uh, Odaiba. That scene where he breathes fire. Oh, man, that that's a literal fire. Yeah. It was so cool. <laughs> it was so cool. It just, like, ramps up from, like, fire to, like, nuclear laser thing. Oh, that's fucking metal. That's so metal. <laughs> and he's, like, taking out planes with, uh... There's an explanation for it, too. He has, like, active radar built into his biology. Yep. Like, oh, okay, that and makes sense. And he's just spewing Godzilla lasers out and taking out, like, stealth bombers and stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. That's neat. If I hadn't known that this was Hideaki Anno, I would have suspected it like a decent portion of the film. Just the way, there's a very particular way he likes framing,
0: mm, yeah,
1: especially like B-roll, like establishing shots, and then the way he frames like Godzilla himself and like those action scenes, um, how that's cut together. It's very, very reminiscent of Evan
0: For me, it was like the thematic elements that made it pretty clear. If it wasn't him, it was someone like him.
1: Yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, I want to see more from him. I want to see a lot more from him. Yeah, me too. Me too. I like that the solution isn't like some... Like, it's a little bit outlandish, but it's not like some super special laser or something like yeah. that. Or something entirely unbelievable. Kind of, kind of believable. It's based on science. It's like an apply an application of our existing technology. Yeah. Of course you're not gonna actually like throw a train at Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they're literally like throwing yeah. trains at him Train like, number bomb- one and two away. <laughs> train
0: bombs go. Oh <laughs> And then the trains like go up on him <laughs> and then
1: explode. Yeah. I like that they dropped entire skyscrapers on him. I feel like
0: That was, that was real, yeah.
1: That that was that was pretty cool. I would totally do if if given the option that's totally something that should be done. If you're fighting a giant monster, just yeah, drop, drop a, a skyscraper.
0: <laughs> oh, that's the good. Where they're feeding him for, through tubes, dude. I, I was thinking the entire time. That's how I feel when I'm at the dentist.
1: <laughs> it's like, people
0: will know if they watch this. I didn't movie. know where
1: they were going with. I thought they were just gonna like out like a giant needle. And yeah, stick it in or, there or like something. shoot
0: it at him. But no, they actually put tubes into his mouth and feed him yeah. chemicals.
1: It's just hosing him down there, like wow, and then at the end, it's just like a giant Godzilla statue frozen, forever part of the skyline. Like, what are we gonna do now? Build a highway around him?
0: <laughs> that would be awesome, or like hollow him out and he's a skyscraper, just live inside of Godzilla.
1: I think the idea is that it's opened for like another film,
0: yeah. Though the ending, the end shot of Godzilla kind of hinted at a, a sequel.
1: Yeah, I can I can appreciate
0: that. Do you want to get into the end shot? Because there's a lot of questions about it on the internet. I noticed. Oh,
1: like, uh, I think they establish... They establish what it
0: is, but yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's a little bit of a throwaway line. They say, oh, he can uh, constantly evolve and yep. uh, use asexual reproduction. So he can basically spawn little spores off of himself. And the final shot is a zoom in of his tail and you can see his tail at the end of it is uh, actually comprised of little mini godzilla monsters
0: yeah humanoid godzilla monsters
1: yeah i think the point is that they managed to just stop it stop this disaster right before it turned into something even worse but it's also obviously leaving a little bit of room for a sequel like when if he ever thaws out or something like that the resolution of the film is when they pump godzilla full of blood coagulant of all things i think right
0: yeah it slows his cellular reactions down so he can't produce energy so like it's just stops moving
1: yeah something like that or like it prevents his his internal nuclear reactor yes
0: yeah nuclear reactor
1: some throwaway science stuff but it's not particularly important the important thing is that like we're king of monsters we're a bunch of assholes in a room not doing their jobs this is a bunch of misfits or go against the grain. We're in a room working together to solve the problem. Yep. It's literally the anti Godzilla King of Monsters. <laughs> yeah. It's literally the opposite in every way.
0: <laughs> yeah, can we go into the thematic elements a little bit? I wanna, I, it's so good. I want, I want to go over it a little bit. I don't want to go too much because you know, just leave it for people to discover themselves. But I want to touch upon it a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The most obvious surface-level stuff is just, like, this criticism of bureaucracy mm-hmm. and hierarchy. And, it's
0: really funny, though. <laughs> like it's, like, yeah, yeah
1: it, it's, it's done, like, it's almost more scathing because it's done in a funny way. Yeah. It's like you're laughing it's a at joke. the in- incompetence yeah. of the government. Oh, it's so funny. Every time they change locations or have to make a decision, it's just, like, this little fast montage Of them setting up like a meeting space, (laughs) and then like doing a meeting, and then setting up another meeting space, and then doing another meeting, and meanwhile, like they're cutting back and forth to like Godzilla just like destroying the city. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, it's it's funny and it's effective. So there's that. There's also I don't know. There's a little bit about geopolitics, a little bit of nationalism there there, about post-war Japan, and that's pretty common. Ano in particular is pretty nationalistic in general. Hmm. I don't know. It is what it is. It's pretty typical of the anime industry as a whole. Some people are a lot more obvious about it. I feel like it's also pretty common in South Korean, like, manhwa and dramas and stuff. Uh, particularly the U.S. tends to be vilified a lot. Yeah, I appreciated yep. in this film the U.S. is not a straight-up villain. It's more like another power that is sometimes at odds. With the the Japanese people. They just want to
0: capitalize on everything. Yeah. At their expense, obviously.
1: Like, the Japanese government here represents, like, incompetence and, like, a sloth and inability. And the U.S. government here is, like, greed and self-interest. I appreciate, I really appreciate that they found some white dudes (laughs) (laughs) to play Americans and deliver real English. Even though all of the English uh, is, like, a little bit off.
0: With the Japanese actors, though, it was not good. I mean, it no, was okay, not... but no. <laughs> it's like, no. Uh,
1: this is actually one of the better movies for it. it. Is, I've seen it is. There's, yeah. Oh, it gets way worse than this. Uh,
0: I'd rather have the fake, like, foreign Japanese that you see in anime. Like, you know, instead of speaking English, they speak Japanese with what they think is a foreign accent. I love that. But when they actually speak English, I'm just like, oh, oh. Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> it's all right.
0: It's all right. <laughs> but they,
1: it's the they, sp- they took the time to find some actual white dudes. Yeah, To yeah. deliver some lines. I like how, like, slightly off all the dialogue in English is. Yeah. It's all grammatically correct, but it's just, like, a little bit weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's like, a little bits of geopolitics, Like, oh, Russia and China are getting involved. They want to stake interest in Godzilla. This movie manages to get quite a lot done as far as... Yeah, little, it does. That's what I was so surprised. Here, there. Yeah.
0: I watched this after King of the Monsters, and it was like night and day. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What a waste. Yeah. <laughs> what a waste. What a waste. What a waste. I hope they make it a follow-up to this film. I, I, I really yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. It. Normally, I really hate reboots. This is definitely a reboot, by the way. In this universe, it's the world's first encounter with Godzilla, as opposed to like a continuation of Mm -hmm. the uh, much earlier, like nineteen sixties films. I want to say sixties. They were all like sequels to each other. This is a retelling. It's definite reboot, and usually I hate those, but this is done very well. Yeah, very well, very well. It does the best parts of reboots, which is it takes the the thematic elements and brings them into modern times without being too heavy handed about like copy pasting all of the all the tropes and trappings Mm. of the original, you know, (coughs) Ghostbusters. (laughs) (laughs) Ghostbusters.
0: (laughs) One thing too, like that I wanted to add, like uh, the reason why I like this movie so much is that. Not only is it realistic, uh, it's pretty funny, it's accurate, all these thematic elements are there. Like, the one that got me the most was the fact that they're portraying humans as the protagonists themselves. Like, no one character really stands out. I mean, they do focus on certain characters a bit more, but they're not like even more character per se, but more like it's this entirety of just humans working together. Even with this inefficient bureaucracy in place, but like when they remove that and they start working together, things start getting done. They have all these scenes where, oh, we got to use the supercomputers in a a lab. And then they cut to them and it's like actual white people there. And they're like, oh, we don't want to let them have access. What if they steal our secrets? And they're like, no, we'll just do this because they need this, right? (laughs) They're going to get wrecked. The giant lizard attacking them. And then you have other scenes where, like, oh, they're sending out samples of Godzilla's DNA and blood and all of that to these companies. They're like, are you sure we want to do this? And, And it's like everyone's sharing things and working together for a greater cause. That's what defeats Godzilla. And then at the end, when you see those little things spawning off of Godzilla, the humanoids, it's because the greatest threat to Godzilla were humans. And then to counter that was for him to spawn more. Basically, Godzilla humans (laughs) fight real humans. So it's kind of like this thematic element of spirit of unity and just between all peoples, independent of race and location and politics and all of that kind of coming together to overcome whatever they're facing. And I was like, this is a really positive message and it's something that I wasn't expecting out of a Godzilla movie.
1: Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice. It's a nice sentiment. I'm glad by the way that they yeah. did not show like the person sized Godzilla's. Yeah. It would have been it would have reminded me a little bit too much of the Roland Emmerich Godzilla. Oh. In like nineteen ninety nine eight or nineteen ninety-nine. Like at the end, we were literally just copying Jurassic Park Velociraptors. A little mini oh, really? godzilla.
0: <laughs> I didn't see that, but <laughs> oh, you ever see that one? No,
1: oh no, Sam. Oh, I refuse to watch that movie again. <laughs> I, I want to watch it now. Are you what? talking
0: about Godzilla size? I mean, velociraptor size Godzillas.
1: Yes, that's imagine that the kitchen velociraptor scene from yeah, Jurassic yeah. Park and replace it with a little mini godzilla, and that's literally what it was because that's what they were ripping off.
0: <laughs> Wait, but. Does he like eat people or what?
1: Uh, no, they're like getting like the protagonists are getting chased around by these little mini godzillas. But why? It's yeah, that's that's a good question. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's a very good question. There's so many questions. How, but first why of all, yeah, <laughs> what the... it's it's a really okay. it's not a good film. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to watch it now, I'm interested. I don't know if I could put myself through watching It's that okay, we won't,
0: we won't do it for the podcast. But, I'm just, but out of uh, personal uh, curiosity, you know?
1: I mean, we could, we could, we could put that out after this one. And <laughs> compare, like, three decades worth of Godzilla uh, films. Okay, okay. But it's, like, really not that good.
0: <laughs> mm. I know I crapped on King of the Monsters, but for me... I have a soft spot for bad movies. Like it's just, I don't know,
1: (laughs) because they're more entertaining to complain about.
0: Yeah, it is. It is like a good movie, you can break it down and say all this good stuff about it. But sometimes you just want to throw a little hate out there, you know? Just let the evil. Want to complain? Exactly. Let the evil. evil, Let the hate flow through you.
1: I like that when the prime minister stepped down, his replacement was just like, "Yeah, okay, let's just do it this way." (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, it's the old man who was like, I didn't want to do anything. I just want to coast through life. And now I had the worst disaster humanity has ever faced.
1: I just wanted to keep my head down and collect the paycheck. And now here we are. <laughs> <It's a> great. <laughs> Should we do closing thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So almost everything about this film is literally anti-King of Monsters. It's like the polar opposite. It's people working together for the greater good. Uh, There's some optimism. The message is... The core message of the film is very clear and done effectively through dramatic and humorous elements, which is very impressive. When you can manage to mix those things. Oh, God, it's so funny. (laughs) I think it's well shot. I like... Hideaki Anu's uh, directing style. I think the acting... I'm going to criticize the actors a bit here. Because I'm enough of a weeaboo that I can understand the Japanese a bit and the delivery. <laughs> and there's a lot of overacting happening here. Yeah. There's a lot of overacting happening. Especially the U.S. senator's daughter. She is like a cartoon. Ah, She's literally she is a anime. Cartoon. Yeah, She's she is literally anime. straight up anime. And it's like, yeah, all right, whatever. It's fine. It's a movie. <laughs> it's
0: fine. It works. It's
1: Godzilla. It's, it's a movie Godzilla, about yeah. Godzilla. It's okay. Man, I just really enjoyed the film. It was a breath of fresh air,
0: or nuclear air, you could say.
1: <laughs> yeah, despite their limitations and you know budget and all this stuff, it's a nice film that I think deserves a bigger audience. I don't know. I don't yeah, know anybody that's definitely. seen this film. Uh, I don't think it got a very wide release outside of Japan. The only reason I knew about it is that I'd heard Japan was not very happy with America's attempt at Godzilla and they made one of their own film. I'm like, hey, a film that was made to say fuck you? To, <laughs> <laughs> to another oh, film. Oh, nice. That yeah. sounds awesome. I'm going to watch it. Wait, that sounds like Rise of Skywalker. Oh. And uh, surprise, surprise, it ends up being a really, uh, really good film.
0: Yeah, to be honest, the only reason I heard of it because you told me about this
1: film. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, spread the word. It's, uh, it's yeah, a it's a the good word, yeah. Godzilla movie. Uh, I'm gonna give this film a very solid eight Suicide Squads. Ooh, okay, I'm gonna rate it pretty highly here. Uh, it's just it's just a a good time.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> despite definitely. all the 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 terrible violence <laughs> and death and destruction or whatever, th- there's a lot of optimism here. Even though it can be pessimistic about how terrible the government is. Yeah. All right, well, how about you, Sam?
0: Yeah, totally. Pairing this to King of the Monsters, it does everything right. The human elements work, and even though they don't focus on the individual characters, because it's more about teamwork and unity as a whole, somehow these characters stand out more than the characters in King of the Monsters. They're all likable. They're working together for the common good sacrifice there's all of that there's all this thematic elements every element of this movie works like as a Godzilla film it works there's a giant lizard it's attacking things it's destroying things it's great then like thematic elements it works there's like an emotional connection to the message it has there's like a connection to the suffering of humanity in general that is shown if you were there, I think it's more relatable. I think as a Japanese person, I mean, they'll probably relate more to the things that are happening. Because I've never experienced a tsunami or a natural disaster, so it doesn't hit me as much. I just put myself in someone that experienced that, and I think it would be extremely relatable. And like that message of hope at the end, where they're like, we survived this by working together. I'm like, oh, that, that would hit pretty hard. Whereas King of the Monsters... I'm not sure what it's trying to tell me. Is it telling me that I should uh, be killed <laughs> so that a giant lizard can radiate the Earth and bring it back to its natural glory minus human life? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that.
1: I think the message is uh, we're all assholes and should die.
0: Yeah, I think that that's the message. And I'm like, uh, I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly true, but uh, not to that extent. But yeah, that's why I like Shin Godzilla I I like it so much more like it's 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 a smart movie it's well done not only that I really like the realistic approach that these people have in tackling a child lizard it's more real than anything I've seen and like you mentioned too like how the military handles it way more realistic than what we see in other movies it's not just about entertainment it's there to show things that are happening it's relevant and there's some things there to make you think and, and feel. And King of the Monsters did none of those things. Anyways, I want to give it a 9 for the same reason why I give King of the Monsters a 4. I would have probably given this movie an 8. But because Godzilla is in it, it gets a po- point bonus. <laughs> any, Godzilla any film bonus. Yeah, Godzilla bonus. Uh, but yeah, that, that's it. Anything, anything else you want to add in here?
1: I I really like the design of Godzilla in this film. Yeah. he looks He's like so menacing without being uh, obvious. Like King of the Monsters, Godzilla, like he was like this big chonk. <laughs> this big thick <laughs> unit of a, of a lizard.
0: Oh, yeah. Godzilla's a good looking guy.
1: <laughs> and in this one, he's like flailing around, like swiping and stuff. And in this film, he's, he doesn't really move that much. He's just, like, kind of stomping around. Yeah. And the overall presentation is he's kind of very still and it's somehow more menacing for how, I don't know, how little he's, like, how immobile he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's just kind of this immeasurable force. I think, yeah, you're right. Feels, like, like, this implacableness there.
0: Like, you can't stop it. Yeah. You're at his mercy, yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess that's it. Okay.
0: Well, uh... I recommend, highly recommend checking this movie out. Again, I wouldn't have heard of this movie if it wasn't for Barry. And I think it's kind of a goddamn shame because this is one of the best Godzilla films I've seen to date. And just a very solid movie overall. Anyways, this has been episode 28 of the Pointy Hatcast. Thank you so much for dropping by. And as always, catch you guys next time.
1: Thanks for dropping by, guys. Stay pointy. Stay pointy.